0: here, and uh, I'm anxious to get going here this this evening on our message, Acts chapter four tonight. Acts chapter four. Let's read our twelve verses. I'm going to let you remain seated tonight. It's Wednesday night, and I want you to relax and to enjoy. I'm sure it was a long night for many of you last night, and uh, maybe a long day today, I suppose. And uh, boy, what a beautiful day though we did have I mean, weatherwise. That was one of the best days we've had in a long time here, of course, and uh, had a good nursing home service and. And uh, some good visiting. I had to just to give you another praise here. I'll leave them unnamed here, but I have a lunch appointment on Saturday at uh, 1230 with uh, somebody who wants to come to our church and uh, somebody who's been to our church. And I'll just leave that hanging for a while, keep you in big suspense here. But uh, I'm excited about that. They We talked this today and uh, they said, uh, I think they're going to come be a part of our church. I'm excited about that. Acts chapter 4, I'm going to let you remain seated tonight here, and, uh, but how'd you, how'd, let's read responsibly. How about we do that? Verses 1 to 12, and a familiar passage to you veterans, but let's, let me read verse 1 and read the six even-numbered verses through verse number 12. And as they spake unto the people, the priest and certain of the temple, and the Sadducees came up, uh, upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard of the word believed, and the number of the men was about five thousand. And it came to pass as on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, "By what power or by what name have ye done this?" Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, "Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we be this day if we this day be examined of the good deeds done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole." Be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved." Notice verse number one here. We see some political parties in verse one. We see the Pharisees and the Sadducees. For the record, they hated each other. Uh, They were at polar opposites, but when it came to Christianity and the the disciples, they were on the same page. And uh, they they hated the disciples of the Lord. They hated Jesus. And of course, the the Sanhedrin, the 70, of course, was comprised of both Sadducees, Republicans or Democrats maybe and Pharisees. And uh, they came together in the Sanhedrin, and uh, one were one was religious crowd. The Pharisees were the religious crowd. They believed in the resurrection, but the Sadducees they were the atheist crowd. They didn't believe in the resurrection. And they came. They had one common commonality though. They hated Jesus, and they hated Jesus' disciples. And uh, yesterday I went to vote, and you know I, I, I got laughing about it this morning thinking about it. Uh, I mean, uh, my if I if you guys had follow baseball. Uh, if I was a percentile baseball batting average, uh, I'd be batting about .083 right now because I, I I had 12 people I voted for and won one. And uh, I was like thrilled. I actually had, had somebody win that I voted for, of course, you know. And uh, But uh, uh, I voted for Jesus one day when I was received Christ as my Savior, and that was the best vote I ever cast, and uh, best vote you ever cast as well. And uh, I voted for Jesus' name. We see this in the text here. In the name of Jesus, as prominent throughout this chapter, throughout these verses, and throughout this book, of course, let's make our prayer. Heavenly Father, now in the minutes that we have together around thy word, dear God, and Lord, we just thank you, dear God. Lord, as as, uh, internally frustrated as I can be in regards to, Lord, our country, Lord, I still thank you for our country. Thank you that we can live here today, dear God. I thank you that we don't live in North Korea. I thank you we don't live in Iraq or Iran. Lord, many other countries I can name, I can name 150 other countries that I'm glad I don't live in. But I live in America, and I'm thankful for that. But Lord, this world's not my home. Lord, help us to put in perspective what took place yesterday and today and what's going to take place in our nation in the years to come. And Lord, what's, uh, let's put in perspective, Lord, the vote for Jesus, we pray. And we'll thank you for it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me just start off with giving my personal comments. First of all, Actually, you may be surprised by hearing what I'm about ready to say here, and that is uh, I was actually fairly pleased with the election yesterday. I was actually, I fully expected to lose the House, that we would lose the House, and we, we did, but only by a few, and uh, we picked up some Senate seats, and uh, really, given the fact there was a midterm election and the President's party, of course, has always hurt in the midterms, as most of you probably know, and I know I'm talking to some savvy uh, political analysts as well, uh, we did. I thought we did fantastic overall. I really did. Uh, now, when it comes to Connecticut, just for the record, uh, uh, you know, I, I wish I could say I was surprised. I I went into it. Pardon me. Just, just, uh, the advantages of having being a negative, uh, being a pessimist, because I didn't never expected uh, my candidate to win for governor. Never did expect him. In fact, I was closer than I thought. And and uh, you know, just I was coming back from Brooklyn. The, it's, uh, the prison last night about eight thirty it was at night or they're about so I was listening listen to the, the the radio station thirteen sixty or six ten whatever and uh they were saying that how that uh, voters were uh, they were still in New Haven they were they were actually literally uh they were uh signing people up to vote after eight o'clock it's, it's a Tuesday night. I what's 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 so unusual about that? It reminds me of a basketball game where you you win the buzzer goes off, the game's over, and you are ahead by four points, but there's a technicality and tentacles have to be thrown and the referees keep saying, Bring another guy in, shoot another one, shoot another one, shoot another one, shoot another one, shoot another one. And at two thirty in the morning, Stefanowski was up at two by four thousand votes, but uh that meant nothing. I knew it meant nothing, of course. And I didn't stay up till two thirty, but I was hearing another and of course he loses by twenty thousand votes and uh you say, how does that happen? Hey, I don't want to sound negative. I'm just telling you, I've lived in Connecticut for a long time now, and I'm used to it. And you say, preacher, are you defeatist? No, I'm just telling you how it is. I heard on the radio the other day, it was either yesterday or Monday, and, of course, you know I listen to a lot of talk radio, and this may sound discouraging to you, but it actually helped me. Uh, uh, every, every day, the Border Patrol catches 1,100 illegals coming across the border every single day for the last year. That's the ones we catch, not the ones we don't catch. 1,100 a day. I don't know if that means they're being turned back or they're being in process or they get a chance to go for asylum or whatever. But then the analyst, who was a national analyst on one of the national talk shows, uh, he was saying that America is changing and that uh, we, or America, no doubt about it, because of the, the Southern influence, the, the, the uh, Central American influence of people coming into our country, they're socialistic in their mindset. And America is going to go socialist. I mean, our cities, and it's, it's, we have two countries. We have the, the, the country, and then we have the city. And we have two diametrically opposed mindsets, of course. This is America that we live in, and it's only going to get more and more. The suburbs now, suburbia, is becoming socialistic. I grew up, I I mentioned Animal Farm a couple months ago, and just for the record, uh, I grew up, uh, I didn't realize I was being groomed to be a conservative, although my grandparents were Democrats and so forth, and and, uh, it made total sense to me, free market capitalism and so forth, but we're losing the battle is what I'm trying to say. We're going to lose it. And uh, you say, Preacher, how can that be encouraging to you? It's, uh, it reminds me of this, this truth, folks, and it is true. This world's not our home. Uh, we're just passing through. Uh, one of our members called, this. Might, I, I want to be encouraging tonight, by the way. This may, none of this may sound encouraging to you, but we'll get to the message in just a moment, but I need to give an introduction. They, they, uh, there's a lot of people in America that hate conservatism. They hate Christianity. They hate they hate capitalism. They they they've been trained to believe a certain system and ism and ide- ideology, and it's totally anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-conservative, anti-values. And it's and, and this is the America that we live in and it's getting and somebody called me this morning from our church body and told me, Preacher, I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm moving. And uh, I don't think they were kidding, actually. I think they're there's they're talking out of just frustration. But uh, I said, well, you can't do that. And they said, yes, I can do that. And I was, uh, they, they told me uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this state here. And so you say, preacher, uh, man, I'm totally deflated now. Hey, folks, cheer up. Cheer up. Let's look at the message here tonight. Here are two disciples. They just, Peter and John, you know the story. They healed the lame man in chapter 3. And let me give you, if I could, five matter of facts about preaching Jesus' name uh, my my votes or my names that I voted for yesterday, eleven out of the twelve lost. But one day I voted for Jesus Christ. Or Jesus Christ, uh, he said, all they that are coming to me, uh, all they that are coming to me, uh, I will in no way cast out. And he didn't cast me out. He, he accepted my vote when I said, Lord, I, I do to you. And so uh, let me give you four, five truths real quickly on five matter of facts about preaching in Jesus' name. First of all. Verse number five, let's begin there, it says in the first half of the verse, and it came to pass on the morrow, after they threw the disciples in prison, that their rulers and elders and scribes, these political parties, factions, one with another, but they're in agreement with this. Verse number two, it says that they were grieved, being grieved that they taught the people That the disciples and others taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. You can't cram religion down people's throat. You can't cram the name of Jesus down people's throat. When you here's a matter of fact about preaching Jesus' name, and that is this: it makes people mad. The name Jesus makes people mad. Jesus said, or rather in our text verses, verse 12, of course, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I heard one of the commentators, or I heard the radio the other day, and somebody was saying the fact that when, you know, our calendar used to say, you know, 2018 A.D., Anno Domini, that's in the year of our Lord. That is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who that's talking about. Our country is built on the fact, our calendar is built on the fact that we know that Jesus is the name that all history revolves around. It's his story. And Jesus Christ is, uh, but... They they said these religious crowds said you can't use Jesus you can't even talk about that name, and they they did three things by the way, uh, in John chapter two verse nineteen let me just quote it, or I uh, just quoted here let me give you letter A, they will misquote him, they will misquote the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, politics makes people mad, but preaching Christ makes people even madder. Makes the politicians matter as well, unless you're on the one side of the spectrum, on the left side of the, the, the political aisle. But John chapter two, Jesus answered and said unto them, "Destroy this temple, and in three days I will rise it, raise it up." Then the Jews uh, then said, "The Jews, forty and six years was the temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days?" But the Bible says, "But he spake of the temple of his body." They misquote him and christian Christianity can be misquoted and uh, they misquote us, and they misquoted uh the many many uh politicians got misquoted. I saw the uh, the governor rather the the excuse me the uh the united states senator was senator elect for Florida, and he happened to be running against a, an african american of course and uh you heard that about a month ago he made the mis- made the mistake of saying in a a uh, soundbite they caught him on, saying on a soundbite that the other party, being the Democrat Party, they were monkeying around with the with the uh, with certain things, and it was accused. Of, he was accused of being a racist, and uh, so they misquoted him, of course, and they throw the race card, and uh, and they, they they threw the race card against these these uh, Peter and Peter and John. They said, "Don't talk about Jesus. He's he's uh, from Nazareth, and we know that no good thing can come out of Nazareth." There's no prophet that's ever come out of Nazareth. They misquote him. People get mad when you talk about Jesus, and they'll they'll misquote, they'll take verses out of context, or they'll say that we said something that we didn't say. Jesus was never speaking about the temple, uh, uh, Herod's temple. He was speaking about his own body. Then uh, they will misrepresent him. And uh, Jesus, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 33, and when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake and the... Multitudes marveled, saying it was never so seen so in Israel. Folks, we're having the best economy in the history of our country now. Uh, the, the minorities are working. Minorities, whether it be blacks, Hispanics, uh, Latinos, what have you, the Asians, they're, they're working at an all-time high, high rate. Uh, we, have, we have more jobs than we have people to fill them. Things have turned around incredibly, and yet they misrepresent and they, they make statements about uh, the president that he's... Uh, that he, he hates, uh, he's a racist and a, and a bigot and so forth, and nothing could be further from the truth. But I'm not making a comparison, by the way, of Donald Trump to be like Jesus Christ. Oh, please don't misunderstand me. I am saying that they will misrepresent, the vile misrepresents, they represent, misrepresent Jesus Christ. In the meanwhile, the Bible says that Jesus, he cast out, the, the Pharisees said that he cast out devils by, through the prince of devils. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And uh, they misrepresent him. Uh, everybody talks about the, you know, the terrible tweets of Donald Trump and how he, he's so mean and so as if the media is not mean. The media, is, they're all nice people, of course. We all know that. And and they're they're just there to... Uh, to uh, set the record straight and to call Mr. Trump on his wickedness, of course, and and everybody that wants to be identified with him, of course. But they will misrepresent Jesus Christ. They will misquote him. But they 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 let her see. They they will malign him. The religious crowd, and this is who they were: the Pharisees and the scribes and the the priests. They they maligned Jesus Christ. And they mocked him. Matthew twenty seven thirty one says. And after that, they had mocked him. They took they to took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. Uh, I, I saw it. Anybody see some of the press conference? Said I went home at noontime and I happened to see the press conference of uh, uh, the president for ninety minutes. He was with. Uh, I encourage you to see that. And it was incredible, just an absolutely incredible. Uh, but it, let me let you in on a little secret in case you didn't know this. And this is putting it mildly. This is putting it. This is like the the the. the uh, this is a great revelation here. They hate Donald Trump. In case you don't know, and it doesn't matter what he will ever do. They hate his. Can I talk blunt? They hate his guts. And guess what? If he dropped over dead tomorrow, they would hate Mike Pence's guts because who they are. They're evil, and and uh, these these Sadducees and Pharisees. They brokered the death of Jesus Christ. What did he ever do wrong? He went about doing good. The Bible says. He went about helping people, healing all manner of sickness amongst the people. He was not a xenophobe. He was not. Uh, he healed the Syrophoenician woman. He healed uh, the the centurion and uh, the Roman centurion. He and his, his son rather. Uh, he was not just for the Jews. He was. He, he saw faith in people that were not Jews. He wanted to help all people, and he was. He came, but they maligned him and they mocked him and they they hated him. And um, when you talk about Jesus Christ. You know, you talk about politics, people get mad. You talk about Jesus Christ, people get madder. Verses 8 to 10, let me show you. And secondly, let's move along here. A second matter of fact about preaching the name of Jesus. Not only uh, preaching the name of Jesus will make people mad, but in verse number 8, it says these words. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's what we need. That's what I need. That's what you need, every child of God. And said, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day be examined of the good deed, the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all, unto all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead. Were they talking hate speech here? No, they were just telling the truth. You crucified him, God raised him from the dead. Even by, here, by, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is how it happened. You want to know how this happened? And uh, we'll, we'll tell you how it happened. Uh, the second matter of fact about preaching Jesus, it's, it's our, it's mine, it should be yours as well. It should be all of our main business to preach Jesus and him crucified. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you but to preach Jesus and him crucified. Uh, I've learned a long time ago, Uh, I read a book 30 years ago now that influenced my political thinking, and it's been, I'm talking about the book, it's called Blinded by Might by Cal Thomas and Ed Dobson. And I read that, uh, it came out during the Reagan era. And uh, I'm all for, we used to have something called the moral majority in our country. Well, I got news for you, the record, for the record, set the record straight, we've never had a moral majority. We've always had a remnant. And, uh, but America... I will agree with Dr. Ville, America is good. America was good at one time, and we had a majority of of of, of uh, moral uh, people that wanted to do, to do right even if they weren't Christians. They were Bible-based. But uh, it's our main business. Let A and B with that. Don't get consumed. And by the way, I'm preaching to myself tonight in case you're wondering. If I pointed at you, I got three pink fingers pointed back at me, and I might be... For the record, I think many of you know this, I'm probably, I, I, I'll, I'll take the, the hit, I'll impugn myself, I'm, I'm probably as politically minded as anybody in this church, maybe more so, maybe to my detriment or maybe to my benefit, I don't know which, but I don't I know, I'm very highly politically oriented, of course, but don't get consumed with politics. When they came after Jesus, the Roman government came after Jesus and they and, uh, and Jesus said those words as Peter reached out and took his sword, the zeal that he was, and he cut that servant of the high priest's ear off. You know the story. Jesus said in John eighteen thirty six, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from, the, from hence. I think just in our state alone, every year, you know, all these kingdom halls, you know, I don't agree with their heresy and their her, 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 heretical doctrine, but they teach their people that they are not of this world. And they, a good Jehovah Witness, I don't know if you know this, they do not vote. And uh, it's as uh, close as the last three gubernatorial elections were in this state. And in fact, the flip-flop, it's always, the Republicans win, and they, oh, every time he's winning until 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. But they always call for the Democrat because New Haven's not counted, Bridgeport's not counted, uh, Hartford's not counted. It's interesting how they can't count their votes very fast in those towns. It's amazing to me. That's I'm being facetious. But don't get consumed by politics, and don't don't um, don't let it just uh, just uh, consume you. Because this world is not our home. It really isn't. And I got to remind myself when I surrendered to the call to come from the Midwest from living in Ohio for 18 years and then in uh, Wisconsin for four years and then in Kentucky for a year and then in Illinois for two years. And I knew we were coming to New England. I knew I was coming to the, pardon me, I don't mean to you're purebred in New England, I'm not trying to be offensive. I knew I was coming to the mission field. And I signed up for this. That's what I signed up for. I said, I wanted to go someplace where, where you go to Indiana, you go to, go to some places in Ohio, in Ohio alone, just to, just to give, you I remember a boy growing up, my little Baptist church, just one flavor of independent Baptist church, the GRBC, there are 255 Baptist churches in, in Ohio alone. And uh, there's many more Baptist churches and, and many more gospel-preaching churches out in the Midwest and South, and that's why the bronze of the world, the Mike bronze of the world, can win by 10 points and we lose by 20 points in this state. There's a difference between Connecticut and Indiana, in case you don't know. But we signed up to live here, my friends, now, I'm not faulting anybody. I'm not bashing that certain person that called me this morning and just distraught. I know they were talking out of frustration, and maybe they're talking out of seriousness. Maybe they are going to move out of this state. But somebody's got to, the Bible says, Jesus said, occupy till I come. Somebody's got to live in this state. Somebody's got to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Somebody's got to stay on the mission field. And so I just want to challenge you and encourage you about that. And it begins with me. I must, uh, you know, I've said to many people, I don't care. In fact, I've used the strong language. I hate Connecticut when I'm I'm talking about politics. Well, God called me to Connecticut. I better start loving Connecticut. I better start loving the people of Connecticut for who they are and the condition that they're in. So don't be consumed with politics, but don't be, by the way, be involved. This is a subpoint that I have. Be involved, but don't be consumed. The, and the, the opposite of this is, listen, I think we need to be involved. When it says, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, that means reverend, render, unto the, what, render unto God the things that are God's. What, what do I follow as far as God's, God is concerned? I follow his book, Right? What do I follow as far as the citizens of the United States, the Constitution, that's my Caesar. That's what I follow. thats uh, I have a right, I have some amendments, I have some rights, i freedom of speech and so forth. I'm so glad, and pardon me, I, I know just for the record, I got to thinking that that thought, here uh, through my mind, I met Jody Heiss, Senator, rather, House of Representatives, Jody Heiss, who helped to overturn the Johnson Amendment, as it was called, from 65 years. I mean, isn't it is something that the, the uh, Madonnas of the world and the uh, the, uh, the Alec Baldwins of the world and the Taylor Swifts of the world, they can stand up in any venue they want to and and give their free speech and what they think about our country and about their president and so forth. And nobody stops them. And I I want to stop them. I want them to have that free speech. But we have people in our country, Hollywood can have their free speech, but we can't have free speech from the pulpit. There's something wrong with that. The Second Amendment ought to give us right at the pulpit as well as at the, at the, uh, the parlor or the, uh, the, uh, the bar or the, uh, the where, wherever. We ought to be able to have the same rights because we're Americans and we're governed under the Constitution. Thank God for that human document. Amen. Not a divine document, but thank God for that human document that gives us the right to be a citizen as Paul of both countries. And so don't get disconnected, but don't get consumed either with politics. And let her be be consumed with preaching Christ. And verse number 10, it says, This being known unto you and to all Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he's our name. He's the one that we, and boy, the Lord's spun my heart in, this, in recent, in the last 24 hours, 48 hours for that matter, about. Listen, I, I, I get so, I get so just, it blows fuses how I, the young people and millennials, I was at the voting booths yesterday and and I saw some millennials, and I said, "Oh boy, I just want to tell—just them, just go away, because I know who you're going to vote for." And I—I I know some, you've been brainwashed. And it's like I saw the old people, and we we're all smiling at each other, because all of us old folks—we got it. You know, Mark Twain said it this way: If you're not a liberal by the time you're 20, you don't have a heart. Or if you're not a conservative by the time you're 40, you don't have a brain. And the fact of the matter is, but I—I—I I, I, I I realize. That, and I get frustrated trying to convert people to, to see the evils of socialism and see the, the benefits and the blessings of capitalism and how that's more godly and really more compassionate, far more compassionate than socialism. And I want to preach that, but you know what? They don't need to uh, know the, the differences between socialism. They need to know that there's a Savior in heaven that saves them and can receive Christ as Savior first, and then God can change their heart in regards to these things as well. So, number two... It's our main business. Number three, verses, and I'm going to paraphrase here rather than read the nine verses of chapter three, but just glance at them with me. I like verse number six. I used it with the man that came in this morning. Uh, Silver and gold have I none, Peter, and J- J- Peter said unto the impotent man at the gate. But such as I have, given thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Thirdly, in the name of Jesus in this uh, third matter of fact about preaching Jesus' name, miracles take place when we do, when we talk in Jesus' name. Listen, I, I, I've said this many, many times, but the truth of being told, people think, oh, you're one of those red, red-wing Republicans. I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative. I happen to be a Republican because by default, I wanna, uh, I'm usually picking the lesser of two evils. There's a lot of Republicans I want to give you two cents for, but I align with the party only because I want to have a vote. I want to be able to vote in the primaries, quite frankly. I want to be a, have a, an influence for some people. But miracles are not going to happen by people being converted to the Republican Party. Miracles are not going to happen by being converted to socialism or to communism or socialism. Miracles happen when we bring people to Jesus Christ. And... Uh, uh, healing doesn't take place. Uh, he, this man in John Acts chapter 3, he was not healed by, through a political party. I mean, the Sadducees were there all their life. The Pharisees were there all their life. The priests were there all their life. They, did, they saw that man hundreds of times, thousands of times. They did nothing for him. And There's so many people that still think that government is their salvation. Government's not their salvation. No political is your salvation. But the Prince of Peace, there's where salvation, there's where healing comes. Then number 4, verses 10 to 26, just for time's sake, look at verses 16 and 26. Peter, well, let me give you the, the, the point here, first of all, the fourth matter-of-fact point in preaching uh, Jesus' name, and that's this. Much scripture should be used. Our power is not in our own words. Our power is in, in the, the sword of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the sword of the word of God. The, uh, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. The uh, word of God is like a A sword, quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Pardon me. In verse number sixteen, it says in chapter three, and and his name. Or pardon me. Verse number fifteen, and killed the prince of life, which God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. People need to see that they put Jesus Christ. They individually, I one day put Jesus Christ on the cross. I should have been crucified. The song says. I'm the one that put Christ on the cross. You put on Christ on the cross because of our sin. He died for our sin. But verse number 16, And his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. When we receive Jesus Christ, we receive his name, we vote in his name, we receive perfect soundness, we receive healing of body. Look at the last verse of the chapter, chapter 3, verse 26. Unto you first, that's to the Jews first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Listen, I, you didn't get blessed by joining a political party. You didn't, bless, you didn't get blessed by, uh, I, was, I was satisfied that I got to vote yesterday. I was happy that I got to live in a free country and I could go and vote. Even though I knew my vote wasn't going to count, I rather wasn't going to have enough like-minded people to make it an effect, I still voted and I had a satisfaction there. But I want you to know, uh, by Jesus Christ, in turning to him, I received remission of sins and, and on my way to heaven forever and ever and ever. And that leads us to the fifth and final truth the fifth matter of fact of preaching Jesus' name, and we find it in Peter's great words of verse number 12, neither is there salvation in any other. Men will be saved by this name of Jesus. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Two things about that. Verse number 13 says this, Now when they saw that the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they, had, they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Uh, men may know, or may men know that we have been with Jesus. I met, uh, uh, be careful here on purpose, I don't, want, don't ask me after service, I don't want to tell you, but I met two of the gubernatorial candidates. I told you about one or two of them already, hopefully you forgot who I met. I was going to go down two weeks ago to meet Bob Stefanowski, but I, on purpose, I didn't bother going because I already knew I was going to vote for him, and I had several other things going on. And just, he was at Central Baptist Church in Southington, but I heard that one of the Republican gubernatorial candidates backed Ned Lamont for the governor for the governor, and I met him, and it bothers me to no end. He was just snookering us. He's just playing up to us religious crowd just to get our vote. And I almost voted for him in the primaries. And I didn't, and I'm so glad I didn't. But he just was trying to get our vote. That's all he wanted to get. And, but I want to think that this, he may be a hypocrite, and he may just want our vote, but I hope that he understood when he saw us, us being some Baptist preachers and so forth, I hope that at least in his heart that he knew that we'd been with Jesus, that we love Jesus. And even though, We were undecided who we were going to vote for. We'd been with Jesus. And uh, he he needs Jesus more than he needs uh, a political party or a Ned Lamont or Bob Stefanowski for that matter. But I want you to notice verse 14, last verse here. And beholding the man, this is the religious crowd, the scribes, Pharisees, and Sadducees again. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. The best way to shut the mouths of the scorners is to provide healing through Jesus' name. They may mock us, folks. They may, they may. we're ridiculed. We're really just, and I'm just going to tell you, I will continue to probably vote as long as I am in this state and breathe and we still have free elections. I'll probably vote for the Republican guy over the Democrat guy. I'm sure I'll do that every time. And they may just want my vote because I'm a religious nut. But I want you to know that I I know personally, and hopefully we can have an influence on some of these that Jesus is still the answer. Jesus is the answer to our soul. Jesus is the answer to our country. Someday I don't want to end negative, but I just I wrote this down. I think it's a guarantee if the Lord Teresa is coming, we will lose our country. It's going to happen. Socialism is pervading, it's in the public schools, it's in, the, it's in our colleges, it's just people, it's the bent of the, the direction. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Take care of me, provide for me. They buy the lie. Men love the, love the lie. Our country is going to go uh, socialistic, no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. But we will never lose our Christianity. We'll never lose Christ. He'll always be with us. And so, what's our message? Our message is not politics. Our message is not, uh, you know, I say, preacher, there's not much hope in Connecticut. I've I've already determined that a long time ago. To be honest with you, I've tried and trying and trying and trying to no avail. And that's not how I'm going to give up. It's just that I'm going to make my main business bringing people to Jesus Christ. That's our main business. It's the main business of the church. Let's keep the main business the main business. This will not be making Sunday morning church service because there's some people that just can't handle it, quite frankly, and I want to keep Jesus the main focus of our church. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your words. And Lord, Peter and John, they were accused of being unlearned and ignorant men, but they took knowledge. They knew one thing about them. They'd been with Jesus. And God, I know by many people we're considered unlearned and ignorant. Father, we're the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to education and to uh, uh, accreditation in academia. But Lord, we know you, and Father, the wisdom of this world is foolishness with you, but Lord, and you resist the proud because great grace to the humble. Thank you, Lord, for saving wretches like us. Help us to share the good news of Jesus Christ to others, dear God, we pray. Help us to be witnesses, we ask. and. Lord, have your will and way in our lives, we pray. And bless uh, this, your church dear God. Help us to be sweet to uh, those that, Lord, uh, maybe don't understand. And, uh, Lord, those that need to receive Christ as Savior. And we'll thank you for it. Lord, bless in the last moments together in uh, in our time together tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's take our hymn book and let's turn to... uh, uh,